Hi loves, welcome to the Let Your Intuition Lead live stream series that I'm hosting this week. Today we are talking about how to stop looking for answers outside of yourself because you've probably tried this a lot in your life and you've looked to other people and you've looked to experts and you've looked to people who have done it before and you've looked to parents and adults or people that you see as successful. Um, you've read books, you've taken programs, you've worked with coaches, right? All in the pursuit of finding out the answer, the thing that you don't know. And really the path that will get you there and will have you feeling the most confident that will connect you with the things that are the most aligned, that will be the most enjoyable is your intuition. And often it's easier to know what's not in alignment, to know when you're looking for an answer outside of yourself rather than from within um, before you know what's a hell yes, because we're not used to that. We've not been taught that. We don't know how that works yet. So we're going to be talking about all of that. So welcome, welcome. I'm Karen Hewson. <clears throat> I'm an intuitive productivity mentor, and that means that I teach you how to connect in with your intuition, which is what this live stream series is all about, and connecting intuition so that you can do what you want when you want, because productivity is ultimately about getting stuff done and what we want to get done and how we get it done. And <clears throat> as we'll talk about today, most of us have broken free from the traditional um, like path of going to school and getting the good job and waiting to re till retirement, right? We've broken away from the what we're doing, but we're still trying to do something different <clears throat> with a lot of the same productivity um, mindset um, of working hard and looking outside ourselves <laughs> to other experts and people who have done it and all of that to guide our path. So I'm all about not only supporting you in doing something different, but in how you are doing that. Because I want you, I want all of us to be thoroughly enjoying our lives. There's a wild, crazy idea, right? <laughs> to be thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying our lives, no matter what we're doing. And we can be having fun. We can be excited. We can be in a blissed out state of like contentment and isn't this beautiful. There are so many good feelings and the way we go about things the way we've been taught to go about things, um, does not nourish or create an environment for those emotions. A lot of the time it's forcing ourselves to do something we don't want to do or to do it in a way we don't want to or to do it when we don't want to because we don't have the energy, because we're dreading something else. <clears throat> There's so much clouding us from even hearing what we want, which is ultimately our intuition and that inner knowing. So... All right, I'm like, before I go on a tangent, <clears throat> let's come back to the notes and the process and also appreciate the like, I was driving here getting coffee and it was cold and I had wet hair <laughs> and I cranked the heater up because it was cold and angled it and it was like blowing and I think I've basically blow dried my hair using my car heater. So, I mean, give me a shout out if you've ever done that before, because that was a first time for me, but I felt like it was very smart. <laughs> I felt like it was a very smart thing to do. <clears throat> also, come on and say hi 
um, so that I can like wave at you if you're live, if you're catching the replay, I would love to, um, yeah, pop back and say hello and, um, yeah, let me know as we go through, um, when something's really like hitting home or resonating for you, whether that's just like a couple, some hearts or whatever, um, that would be really fantastic. So like I mentioned, it's often easier to know what's not in alignment. When we first say, okay, I'm interested <laughs> in connecting in with my intuition and leading myself from that place because I have tried, most of us have tried the other way, right? And it's not gotten us to a clear, fun, excited place. We know there is an abundant flow and ease that we can have in our lives that we don't currently have. And we might have found it in little places and we might have hit on it for a little bit. And we're just like, there is still a whole lot of stuff clouding it. There's a whole lot of stuff out of alignment for who we are and what we truly want and how we truly want to be living our lives, which P.S. we're allowed to freaking do. We are allowed to do. No one is going to care <laughs> more than you about how you experience your life literally minute to minute in the day literally minute to minute in the day. I'm doing a program at the moment um, with the amazing uh, Kelly Webb from the Gypsy Mama. And one of the journaling prompts yesterday, well, that I was doing yesterday in the bath, because um, <clears throat> it was a whole vibe, was what are the top five emotions that you experience? And it was really interesting because it was a mix definitely for me of the joy, the excitement, the satisfaction, the contentment, the peace. You know, there's the excitement of... Um, coming up with this live stream series and being really excited to share this information and feeling very aligned with this topic and speaking to this and just feeling very clear and like the thing I'm meant to do next. That's one of the feelings I have a lot of the time. Another one is that moment when I'm like snuggling my babies and we're looking out in the sun setting or like dinner last night, my daughter like tapped me on the shoulder while we were eating dinner and went, look, mummy, because the sun was setting and had made the sky and the hills all pretty and she knows that I love that stuff and she's noticing that stuff and it was just that and then she was like we're not dropping this blind until this is finished <laughs> because that's absolutely what I would say like my husband would drop the blind to make it warmer because it's winter um and I'd kind of be a bit sad and so she was like full-on protecting the the moment and so those are examples of the things that then create those feelings for me the majority of the time. But I also still, going through the journey as we do, experience a lot of frustration and anger. I'm a generator in human design. If you know human design, frustration is my not-self theme. If you're a manifester or manifesting generator, then anger is um, yours. Hi, Jackie. Um, if you're a projector in human design, then bitterness. So one of those three is probably familiar to you. So I do still really experience the frustration and the anger, particularly with my three-year-old, who is a manifesting generator and is, you know, three years old. So he's learning. <laughs> he's learning life and doing his thing. Um, and then the other one was uh, irritation and annoyance. And that's a feeling that I've really tapped into a lot to be like, okay, something's out of alignment. And so if you do know your human design, essentially the emotions you feel that you don't like <laughs> are a really strong indicator that something is out of alignment for you. 
And it's not always clear what that is, but <clears throat> that's a really interesting uh, way to raise your awareness. And something, the point of this story was that I had the thought, you know, it would be really interesting to go through a day or to do this over multiple di different days to see almost hour by hour for me, like, when am I feeling what am I feeling? Like, what emotion am I feeling? So that I can pick these up. Because now on my journey, hi Naomi, now on my journey, I I have a lot of good emotion and it's harder to kind of pick up on those annoyances. At the same time, the annoyances stand out a lot more because I don't experience them that often. So a lot of the time I'm like, oh my God, where did that come from? You've like killed my vibe. What's going on? Um, so if that's interesting to you, if you're like, oh, that could be really useful, go ahead and do that. But Overall, that's another example of how it's easier to know what is not in alignment. It's like when people say, um, do the hell yes things. And you're like, okay, but I don't know what's a hell yes. And you might have so many things, um, you know, tangled together in your life about avoiding judgment from people or trying to protect yourself on one hand that you don't get a clear yes on anything. Because you've got all of this kind of murkiness sitting around and contaminating things. So it's like, okay, I want to do a hell yes, but I don't know what that feels like. So again, starting with what is a hell no <laughs> is a really good place to start. Now, coming back to today's topic. <clears throat> Another great thing is to start to understand and raise your awareness around when you are looking outside of yourself for an answer. When you get to this point where you're like throwing your hands up in the air, the screen isn't wide enough, throwing your hands up in the air and you're like, I just don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know the right thing to do. I like don't even know if I can have this anymore. I just, I don't know. I just, it's like that give up moment. <laughs> Although if you're anything like me on this journey, <laughs> when you actually think about, okay, seriously, if I wanted to, I could give up. That is an option. Like your whole self is just like, no, you're not. Even now, if I think about it, my body's like, no, you're going this way. We're moving forward. We're doing this thing. It was the same when I um, auditioned for our local community production of Greece. We started rehearsing last week. Super exciting. Super, super fun. Um, and it got to a moment where it was like, I was realizing like I was going to stand on stage and like sing at people, which I'd never done. And I'm 37. So I'd never done it. And um, I was like, well, I could always like not go to my audition. That's an option available to me. And there was just such a, <laughs> a um, like energetic reaction and pull forward to doing it. I was like, oh, well, that's clear then, isn't it? That's not an option not to do it. <laughs> I'm supposed to. And it would actually be more uncomfortable <clears throat> and create more pain for myself to like not go to the audition than to continue on that path. Um, <clears throat> so that is another technique as you're learning this is a really simple like, am I leaning forward towards something or am I leaning away from it? Or am I expanding? Do I feel like I'm opening up or am I contracting down? Um, that's a great tool to use when you're considering things and you're like, I don't know the answer. It's like, okay, sit, <laughs> ask yourself the question. I mean, I could quit. What if I quit? And then you, even now my body's like pulling forward. Um, and then you'll get a bit of an answer. It might be very subtle. I have been tuning in and doing this work for almost two years now. So the, re the reactions and the awareness I have of the way my energy moves is so much more obvious to me 
than it ever was. So much more obvious. I just remember being so confused because I'm like, is this my intuition? Is this the inner whisper? Or is this all of the stuff that's clouding things that I've not cleared and healed and shifted yet? And we have to do both. We need to tune into what is a pull forward and we also need to clear what are the no's. So let's stop looking for answers outside of ourselves. And that is so much easier said than done because we have never been taught to do that. Our whole lives, culture, society, probably our parents, have even just our instinct and inner nature as children is to look at how does the world work. And children are sponges. I have a three and an almost six-year-old. shouldn't call her a five-year-old anymore. She has her birthday next month. Um, a three and a six-year-old. And they are little sponges. They are watching everything. And if you are a parent, you know that. You can say something and tell them to do something, or you can physically model it yourself. And like most of the time, they will copy what you do more than what you say. <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, and so we have been taught and it's been reinforced that we look around us to figure out the world. As a child, we're like, okay, I'm looking to my parent. What is my parent doing? When, like, I've just dropped my children off at school in kindy, they're looking around at the other kids, and they're like, okay, what are the kids doing? How are they reacting? Um, of course, they have their own emotions, and like I said, my little three-year-old managing, he's got lots of strong emotions. They're both emotional authorities too. I'm not. I love... I love everybody. If you're an emotional authority, I love you. If you're not, I resonate with you too. <laughs> but it's just, it's a lot of emotion in a very, well, in a small three-year-old. Um, and so it's it's tough to like direct it and to experience it and be like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this feeling as a three-year-old? And we have all had that same experience when we were children. It, when we were three or six or 10 or 13, or especially when we were like 16 to 18 and leaving school. And it's like, crap, now we have to make like proper grown-up freaking decisions. And we've never been taught how to do that. Um, I'm going to go through this a little bit slower, but I just want to give you a feeling of it because there is no place for blame or shame or feeling bad that you're not already doing this. Your entire life, everybody, like culture, society, the, the paradigm we have lived in for however many years old you are, <laughs> has taught us to seek answers a certain way, to look to parents to teachers, to people with more experience than us, to people who have, you know, reached the goals that we want to reach, the people who have had the successes that we want to have. We have been taught over and over again to look outside of ourselves to people to learn. And now this is not to say that we shouldn't be learning from other people because we absolutely should. And I am going to touch on this so much. We live in a both and world, not an either or world. And this is so ingrained in us that me saying that we should stop looking outside of ourselves and we should stop relying on and looking solely to, you know, teachers, parents, people who've been successful, people who've been where we want to, our brains automatically say, okay, well, if I shouldn't be doing that, 
then I shouldn't be learning from anybody. And we go to the extremes because that is what we've been taught. That is the like mindset and mentality that society culture has right now. But it's really important to, again, raise your awareness. That's the first thing and pretty much the only thing that I want you to focus on with this live stream in particular is that this is going to start waking you up. It's going to start raising your awareness. You're going to start seeing and noticing these things. And that's all you need to do because that it's like taking off the rose-tinted glasses, right? You see things differently. You see a different perspective. And your brain and your body actually has to kind of rewire a few, a whole bunch of stuff that it believes and thinks. And you don't need to consciously be involved in that process. So really raise your awareness and it'll probably be a little uncomfortable because it's different. And we're like, oh, I hadn't realized. And we'll start making the knock-on effect connections and things will shift without you actually having to do anything. I'm going to talk about the process a little bit more on um, in the third live stream on Friday, Friday, New Zealand time, Thursday, Northern Hemisphere. Um, but it's really important to um, to make sure you're not doing that either or situation. It's like, okay, it's all about the energy you put behind it. It's all about how you go about it. So if I am looking to learn from somebody, the way that I have done that in the past, when I have been looking for answers outside of myself, I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't know the answer. I can't do this by myself. I don't know the answer. I'm not going to be able to figure it out. I'm going to be stuck here forever unless someone else intervenes. None of that's really true. None of that's really true. Um, but that's the place I've come from. So I've completely disconnected from myself, from my intuition. And I've been like, okay, who has, who has done what I want to do? And let's go learn from them. And it's not just let's go learn from them. Let's go do every single thing maybe that they did. Let's go do their course or program or be mentored by them and do absolutely everything they tell me to do. Because if I am the best student and I do all of the things, then I have to get the results, right? That's what we've been taught, especially like you go back to being in school. If I do exactly what I am told, if I study, if I learn all of this information, if I can repeat and present it back in a way that the teacher approves of, not even that's true, accurate, or interesting. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was a pretty good student in school. I learned to read my teachers. I learned to figure out what they liked. I learned to present the information in the way that they taught and approved of and the way that they could see what they were looking for. We essentially in school learned to give people what they were looking for. Such bad training. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which is completely the opposite to what I'm talking about now about connecting into our intuition. We didn't get taught to read ourselves. We didn't get taught to be like, okay, what does this information mean to me? What is interesting to me? What connections am I making based on all the other interests that I have that are unique to myself and the perspective I have of the world or my family environment or my culture, cultural background? We're not taught to interpret schooling through our own experience. We're taught to interpret schooling through the experience and de like desires of our teachers so that we can get good grades, so that we can tick the box. Because if we get good grades, then everybody that, you know, loves us or has an expectation of us is happy and they're not going to give us grief. We're essentially avoiding pain rather than pursuing joy. 
Okay, there was so much in there that I touched on. Let me regroup for a second. <laughs> See what way we're going to go. I hope this is resonating though. I hope this is like eye-opening because that's 100% the intention is for it to be very, very eye-opening. So I don't want any blame, shame, I'm behind, I wish, well, you can feel whatever you want to feel, but it is not your fault. This is why I want to go through reflecting on my experience as examples, but then also allowing you to reflect on your own experience at different points in your life. Because this is not our fault. We are a product of our society. We are a product of our experiences. And we absolutely do have an a beautiful, divine inner knowing and intuition that we can tap into. We just haven't been taught how to do it. We've not, we've actually been, we've actually been conditioned in the complete opposite. Um, Okay, let me touch on one more thing and then I'm going to try go in a linear timeline kind of way, um, which is not natural to me anymore. Um, <clears throat> the kind of feminine cyclical thing, I'm kind of like all, all over the place. But it's not just that we've been taught to look outside of ourselves for approval, to tick the boxes, to do well. The definition of like doing well and therefore achieving success and happiness has been to make our parents happy. If our parents approve, then we must have done something well. If our teachers approve, then we must have done something well. Um, if our bosses approve, then we must have done something well, irrespective of how it's actually made us feel and how our experience is with that which is completely bonkers. <laughs> of course, it takes us half our lifetime, <clears throat> or hopefully less, if you're younger than me and watching this, hopefully less, to realize this. That's why I'm so excited about all of the <clears throat> parents who are in my community, because we get to teach our kids this. I have this really cute story um, that I have, well, that I tell my six-year-old all the time. So her and her brother, who's three, get into these fights, obviously, um, because they're children. And he'll often say, like, sister did blah de blah de blah And she'll be like, no, I didn't. He's lying. And so I'll say to her, what do you know to be true? And she'll say, I know I didn't do that. And I'm like, great, then that's all you need. You know what is true for you. And it's those tiny little things where I'm trying to put her knowing, her inner knowing above anybody else's. I'm going to cry. Even my own. And there's an amazing quote from Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And this is where I actually got choked up on an interview the other week. Um, <clears throat> but I think we need to instill this quote into ourselves and teach it diligently to our children. And that is that we should disappoint everybody else before we disappoint ourselves. And Glennon was saying this to her daughter. And so her daughter said, even, this is where I get choked up, even before you, mummy. Because as, as kids, like we so look to our parents and as parents, we're trying to do our very best to guide our children. And yet, especially as our children, well, I don't even want to say especially as our children get older, they always have an inner knowing. And I don't want us to ever be intentionally like knocking that out of them. And so then she said, especially me, because we are the most influential people for our kids especially when they're little like we're the ones that show them the way and it's like yes disappoint me before you disappoint yourself 
because that's my own stuff. Like, realistically, <laughs> if we're disappointed, it's got nothing to do with our kids. It's got everything to do with us and what our expectations of them were. And, like, we're not living their life. They're living their life. <clears throat> it's so important. If you haven't read Untamed, please do. Um, and if nothing else, I hope that quote really hits a place within you. Um, for yourself and or for your children or, or any, you know, children that you are involved in their lives. Um, okay, so let's go back and do some some linear linear examples. Um, oh, cool, cool. <laughs> I have a clock over there in my bedroom, so just doing a time check. Okay, so we've talked a lot about as children and even this little example here about as children, we're trying to figure out the world. We're looking around us at absolutely everything we can see, touch, feel, hear, everything tangible in the like 3D world, and we're trying to figure out life. We're having these emotional, very raw, very unconditioned <laughs> responses to things that are happening, and we're trying to figure it out. And the way we have to figure it out is by what we see other people do, and by our parents, and by our teachers. And I had a realization the other week as I was doing this work, because I'm always doing this work, um, that I am a very, like at the core of myself, I am a hugely enthusiastic, optimistic, excitable person. I believe in the impossible. I feel like I can give you examples all day long of people in real life doing things that would have been crazy, that would have, well, that were thought of as crazy, that even if we sat down now and thought about people putting like billions of dollars into creating a cruise ship two years before a passenger is ever going to step foot on it or pay the money, that seems crazy. We went to visit Fiji for our baby moon and learned about how they harvest um, the pearls. And again, it's a huge upfront um, investment and a whole like 18 months before you even get a pearl. And we are so conditioned to be for that to be like super high risk. Let, there is risk involved, absolutely. But there's so many things in the world that we just are like, yeah, of course they can. Of course people like farm pearls all the time. It's not that much of a risk because people have done it before and they've done it a lot before. It's like, yeah, but if you, as, as you, <laughs> were going to like put all this money into a business with, with boats and putting out like oysters and like in getting like some expert from Japan um, to inseminate these or to like put the little um, like bit of grit into the oyster to then put it in the ocean and then wait 18 months or whatever. It's like this whole gigantic long process. And it just seems crazy and it seems impossible. And yet, throughout the world people are doing impossible things all of the time and coming back to the point of me being very enthusiastic optimistic believing in the impossible believing in my dreams believing in your dreams believing that we can do more than we even realize right now if you had told me I was going to be performing in a community theater production at the end of this year like six months ago I would have been like I'd what just, I don't, what? How, how would that even come about? That is not even something I would do. Blah, 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 blah. Turns out it is. Turns out freaking excited and loving it. 
Um, <clears throat> but if we come back to as a child and our either or society, my excitement and optimism was always dampened. It was as if because that's naturally where I sit on the spectrum, because everything's a spectrum, that I wasn't and couldn't acknowledge that there were bad things in the world, that there was risk, that things might not feel great, that things might feel hard. And so my enthusiasm and my optimism was constantly like boxed in. It's like, okay, yes, it's a good thing to be positive. I had that on my report card every year through primary school, practically. All the report cards I've noticed anyway, was that I was a really positive kid. And that, that was a good thing to foster, but only so much, right? You couldn't be too enthusiastic because then that wasn't realistic. And now you're setting yourself up for failure. And now you're like raising your hopes. So freaking what? But this is my point. <clears throat> this is my story, my experience, my aha moment from last week. But, you know, as a child, there are certain parts of ourselves that are kind of squashed and boxed in and being like, that's really great, but just this much. And so we're constantly like, I honestly, when I had that realization, I was like, I don't, th I started school at five years old. My daughter's five. She's very optimistic and excitable and all of those things as well. And I'm like, if from five years old, I was never fully encouraged to express, explore, follow that excitement, that was cutting me off from my intuition. That was cutting me off from my inner knowing. Hey, look at this. We've got back on topic. <laughs> There's always a point. It always comes back. Um, <clears throat> because now... At 37, like 32 freaking years later, I follow that excitement, that fun, that enthusiasm as my guiding light. Like if something lights me up like that and gets me that excited, then that is my intuition. That's one of the ways that my intuition feels for me. That's how it speaks to me, That one of the ways. <laughs> And so it's like when I catch on to something like that, like when my friend was like, hey, do you want to audition for Greece with me? And I was like, oh, maybe. And then that little voice in my head, my little intuition was like, that could be really fun. That could be really fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that could be really fun. What if I did audition? What if I did? And then there's a whole story and it, it follows on. Um, <clears throat> but we are cut off from the good feelings when we are like five, six, seven, eight-year-old children. <clears throat> and so then because we are disconnected from that, the only option we have is to look outside of ourselves. We've just been told we're wrong. And so we're looking outside of ourselves. Okay, next example. As women, when we get our periods... And we start to cycle, have this inner menstrual cycle, which is a hugely intuitive tool. We're again taught and told that we are wrong and that we are not to trust ourselves and we are not to trust our emotions and that being emotional is a bad thing. And you know the stories. If you're a woman watching, you know, you know. So we have our premenstrual time and we have the time when we're bleeding. And those are two times when we are very emotional because we're the most connected with our intuition. <laughs> ah, 
Yeah. The other two phases, which are more spring and summertime phases, so the week or two weeks after um, we bleed, um, which is, you know, the week after we bleed and then when we're ovulating. And I learned just the other day that when we first get our periods for the first few years, um, they're mostly, what do they call them? Like anovulation? I'm not sure. Anyway, we don't actually ovulate. Like our body is still... Um, figuring out how the cycle works, right? It's only kind of kicked off part of the process. I don't know the specifics. Um, but essentially, it means that we have a period and we bleed and we go through a cycle, but we're not actually releasing an egg. And it's actually the um, the gland. No, it's the thing that releases the egg that turns into a gland that then releases um, progesterone, the hormone. So we're kind of getting this like half, like hormonally, we're only getting part of the picture. <clears throat> and so it turns out that's why um, when we first get our periods and when we're younger, we can often have very heavy periods because we don't have that hormone. We don't have the egg being released to uh, moderate that. Found that super interesting. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so thinking back again to when you were first having your period, and I mean, that's a whole thing in and of itself. You know, hormones, when you're... Um, don't even know what it's called when you're entering adolescence and going through all of that is a big deal it's like figuring out your emotions as a five-year-old or a three-year-old right because hormonally we've got this whole new layer kicking in and it is it is so beautiful and valuable because it's another way that our body tunes into our intuition and it gives us this tool, this cycle to follow through. And if we flow with our cycle and don't reject it and don't believe people when they tell us that it's bad and wrong and that we don't know what we're talking about, it can be a very, very supportive guide through our life and a beautiful way to pace ourselves and to pace our energy and to really leverage our energy. But <clears throat> as teenagers, we are not taught that. We are taught that bleeding is annoying and it hurts. And it's like this weird, uncomfortable thing that we have to deal with and try to pretend isn't happening. And then, you know, you have to try like use a tampon because you're still going swimming and you don't want people to know you're in your period and all of that kind of stuff. It's just horrible. Um, <clears throat> not the actual bleeding. The like, <laughs> like, why can't I just be like, I'm on my period. I'm not, you know, I'm not swimming today. That's fine. But we, we very much, um, you know, can be feel ostracized by that and excluded. And we don't want, that's the last thing as a teenager we want, right, is to be considered as an outsider and excluded. And so we're taught that what we feel premenstrual and when we're bleeding is not okay. It's not okay. It's not right. It's wrong. We're bad. We shouldn't feel that way. You know, we're moody. We're being a bitch. All of this stuff that again is telling us our intuition is wrong. Tomorrow, live stream, I'm going to go more into how to leverage our cycle to tune into our intuition. So I don't want to touch on it too much today because we've got lots more to talk about yet. Um, <clears throat> but I just want to like foreshadow that, that, you know, there's a reason why we get really irritable and like don't have the patience for anyone's shit during like before our period and there's a reason why when we're bleeding we just can't like mentally um you know function as well or like do uh, a lot of like mental gymnastics I call it when it comes to logistics or problem solving or things like that because that is not what our bodies are set up to do at that time and yet for years and years and years 
we are taught and it's been reinforced that that's wrong and that that's wrong with us. And so again, that's another way that we have been disconnected from our intuition, that we have been told the way we feel and the, you know, those whispers of things we know to be right, not right, to feel good, to not feel good, can't be trusted, that we cannot trust ourselves. And I would be interested, I might have to ask my husband about this, I would be interested in the male experience in this because I feel like as women, you know, we have this whole extra layer of this put on us around our cycle and we are, and historically have been taught under no circumstances that we are not to be trusted. We are not to trust ourselves. We must look to an authority. We must look to an expert. We must look to our husbands. We must look to the father figures. We must look to the men in our lives to guide us, to, you know, protect us, to tell us what is okay. And so I, I truly believe that we still have a lot of that conditioning generationally and ancestrally, like in our, in us, in our senses. So that when we then go through our own experiences as children and then as women as we get our periods, it's just reinforced and reinforced that we are not to trust ourselves. We can't trust ourselves, which is just such bullshit. So, children, when we get our periods, the next point of time, if we follow this timeline, <clears throat> is often when we finish school, right? When we're finishing high school, like essentially our parents make most of our decisions up until that point. What school do we want to go to? Yes, we might be involved. We might be able to share our opinion, but ultimately like they are having the last say. Um, <clears throat> and so it's a case of, right, I've gone to, to high school. In New Zealand, we call it college, but you know, that'll be confusing. So high school. <clears throat> and then um, at the point that you're somewhere between 15 and 18, because in New Zealand, I think you can leave school at 15. I left at 16 um, to go to university tell you that story in a minute um that's one of the first really big life impacting decisions that we um get to make if we're lucky right often the path is still laid out for us but I feel like that's a point at which we're becoming more of an adult more of our own person and we're getting we're honestly getting a stronger feeling from our intuition at this point it's like such a crossroads in our life to be like all right now I'm an adult now I'm growing into my own person what do I do next and so this is where you get so many stories of like you know the parents pressuring the children into you know a certain a certain university a certain degree a certain path a certain job a certain trade or whatever 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 right um but then as teenagers, we're just like, either we'll go along with it or we will take that on as our own decision and believe that that's what we want for ourselves or we'll completely rebel against it and do something different. Because I feel like up until that point in school, we've been able to kind of blend both, right? We've been able to do the things that we find fun and that are interesting to us at the same time as fulfilling the expectations of our parents, our teachers, our whoever else. So this is the first time where our options kind of narrow and we kind of have to make a choice. We have to make a decision. Um, and so it's really, it's really tough to do that when we've not been taught really how to make a clear intuitive decision for ourselves and so instead what we end up doing is looking to other people to be like and 
And this is when your adults in your life might might not actually give you a specific answer. They might. They might be like, okay, you should do this. We want you to do this, blah, blah, blah. And often that's helpful because you will get an immediate reaction, especially if you don't want to do it. You're going to get an immediate visceral reaction where you're like, Ugh, or you're contracting in, or you're like, oh my God, I really don't want to do that. Um, and then you have to figure out, A, how to break the news to them, or like, B, how to like make yourself do it and have it not feel like you're dying, like whatever your path is. Um, so <laughs> often people telling you, this is why flipping a coin can be so useful, because even if it comes up on the answer you don't want, you're going to know it's the answer you don't want because you've just been told you have to do it and you're like, I don't want to do it. There's your answer. Um, but then in my experience with my lovely parents, fantastic parents, by the way, have to, I'm like, I feel like I have to put that in there. We know that all of our parents were doing the best job that they could and knew how. And um, so when I had the decision to make, I left school, like I said, at 16, I had got university entrance here in New Zealand and I could have stayed on and done a final year of high school. That was an option. Um, I could have left and go on to university and the like, I don't know, basic agreement was that I would go and do an IT degree, um, which was fine. <laughs> Not something that I like super loved, but it was logical, right? It made sense. It was going to create a good career. There was definitely the sense that I had picked up and that I had been taught around university is like, what's the point in going if you're not able to get a better job out the other side, like the point of going to university of having higher education was to be able to get a better job. So there was definitely this perspective of, okay, if you go and you do um, a creative writing degree, for example, like how is that going to allow you to go into straight away as if that's the only option, a, a, a career, like a better job than prior to doing that. Um, and so that was the um, guided, I suppose, path for me. And it was always very much, oh my gosh, when I first had this aha moment, like I could have stayed and done another year of school, but there wasn't any point. The whole point of school was to get university entrance in my world, in my brain at that time. And so I'm like, okay, well, I've got that. So if I stayed at school, are you ready for this? It'd be just for fun. Okay. Go do it just for fun. Oh my God. I like, oh my, I was, I was honestly crying for my teenage self when I had this realization a, a while ago now. Um, and I was just like, then go do it for fun. That's a perfectly valid reason. In fact, it's the thing that I use to guide myself in my life now. Do the things that are going to be fun. Do the things that you're going to enjoy. Do the things that you're excited about. And they'll inherently also be the things that have a really good impact. Also be the things that connect you with all sorts of wonderful people. Also be the things that really uh, connect you with your intuition and light you up. And all the good things, all the good results will come from you following what is fun and enjoyable and exciting for you. We just, people just haven't really done it that way for centuries. So we don't have really to like on hand examples of that that process works now over the last few years in the online business space we're starting to get that because there's a lot more women in particular who are leading their businesses this way and having 
crazy results that have never been experienced in business this quickly before. The number of women I follow now who are making $100,000 in a single month after two years, after three years, after five years of being in business is bonkers. And I love it and I am so freaking here for it. But that's not something like earning $100,000 in a year was the like feel has felt like the goal for so many for so long. And like that is the 1%. That is when you're um, when you're wealthy, when you've made it. That's a successful amount when you're hit in six figures in a year. And we're changing the game <coughs> by following what is fun. Now, I'm not going to say what I should have done because I don't know what I should. I don't know. Every, our path is our path, right? I left university. I went and did my IT degree. I met my husband. The very first time I worked into walked into the very first class of that degree, I met my husband. And so it's a very odd thing for me. I still haven't unpacked it all, but it was one of those moments where for the first time, I it, the decision was up to me. I was having the final word. And yet I hadn't, I didn't really know how to do that. And I was still looking to my parents and I was still looking to other people to be like, okay, but what do you really think I should do? <laughs> and of course they could only give their perspective. And their perspective is limited by their experience. And they don't know what we feel. They don't know what lights us up. They don't know the things that really get us excited. A lot of the times we're really good at stuff. But that doesn't mean that we love it and it lights us up inside. That's a little something from The Big Leap, another great book by Gay Hendricks about things being like our zone of uh, competence or our zone of like something like that instead of our zone of genius. There's like that level between I'm really good at it, but I don't love it, <laughs> but it's okay. I can do it and I'm really good at it. And you can like get the feeling, you can get the good feelings from people saying how well you, <laughs> you are, how good you are at it. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But again, you're getting the validation externally rather than your zone of genius where just by doing the thing gets you excited and lights you up. And it's like, those are the things you want to be doing. So think about that when you were like making your first adult decisions, probably after leaving school. And that I feel like, I feel like that's a time for a lot of us where we start um, getting that response from our bodies, from our intuition. And we may have ignored them, but if you think back now, you're like, oh, that's what that was all about. I got, I can't remember what it's called in New Zealand. Oh, glandular fever. I think it's called in New Zealand. Mono. I don't know. Anyway, I had that, didn't know I really had that. And then I had chronic fatigue for a while in my first year of uni. And I had totally forgotten about that until one of my friends reminded me. And I was like, oh, oh, that kind of makes a lot of sense because I was doing this thing that I didn't really love. <laughs> and it was like, it was fine and I was good at it and I could do it and I could tick all the boxes and get all the external approval. But it wasn't what was lighting me up. And there were other experiences I had too around that time where um, it, looking back, I was probably um, depressed to a certain level and, you know, I was fine when I was during the day and doing the things. But, you know, when you you come back to your room at night and there's no distractions left and then you're just left with how you feel about what's happening, it's like that is really tough. And so looking back, I was like, oh, those were a lot of signs from my body, from my intuition, from how I feel that that was not in alignment 
But there was, I just did not have the perspective or awareness at the time to be able to identify that. So this is a way that you can look back on these times in your life and you can even keep going forward and, you know, thinking through what were the kind of bigger shifts or decisions you made. Um, I've got a couple, I'm just looking at time. I've got a couple more I can share with you um, and how it felt. And whether it doesn't matter whether it was right or wrong, the useful thing to do is to see whether you remember how you were feeling and what you thought and how you made those decisions. And you're like, oh, my body actually felt like this. And that was a no. And I didn't realize it at the time. But now looking back, I can recognize that that's what my body was trying to tell me. That's what my intuition was trying to tell me. Um Another one for me uh, is that my husband and I left both of our jobs in New Zealand and went to the UK. We did not have jobs to go to over there. Um, I was unemployed for six months. I think it took me six months to get my job. My husband, it took him maybe another three, so maybe nine months. Um, we were pretty much, we had decided there was a point at which actually, just before I went to <laughs> for my interview, where we made the decision, we were like, well, we have to go home now. Like our funds have run out. We've just got just enough to go do something fun before we go home with our tails between our legs, which is how it was going to feel to me, like complete failure. Done this big thing, right? Always knew that I was going to go overseas and spend time in Europe and travel around and do all of that. I just had this knowing. And clearly my husband also had this knowing because he's a very risk adverse person and he wouldn't have agreed to this unless he was like very clear about it. So that was both an example of both of us being very aligned in, yes, this is something we us are going to do, are supposed to do, really want to, clear desire, intuitive yes to do. And it was tough. Because we got to this point, and I remember this damn burgundy bedspread in this hostel in Manchester, um, down the Curry Mile, if we want to get specific, um, and being like, if we have this much money left, we could do a week round on a train around Italy before we go home. And I was like, I just didn't want to admit to it. I so didn't want to admit to it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I didn't have any... I didn't have any like material left to argue. I didn't have any anything left to like make the argument that we should stay other than I didn't feel like we were supposed to go. And yet, so I had kind of admitted to that decision. And then I think it was literally, I don't know, that afternoon, the next day, I got an interview for a job. And then I had, I was stood at the bus stop in... I want to be really specific because it's really fun. Salford Keys, I think, stood in the bus stop by the bridge. Um, and I got the call to say they really loved me. Like I hadn't even left the freak. Like I'd walked from the office to the bus stop and they were ringing me up to offer me the job. Just like, what even? I just, or maybe that was the second interview. Anyway, I don't know. It was, it was just bizarre. And so things can change just like that in a moment. One moment I'm finally admitting that, yeah, fine, let's just do a week round Italy and go home. And this was all like a complete failure um, and feeling like really like tail between my legs, you know, worst decision, whatever, to I've just got a job and we can stay. And this has just opened up the next four and a half years, it turns out, or four years for us. Um, just like that. And that felt absolutely magical. And it was, again, one of those experiences where 
it felt like it was meant to happen. And sure, we had to go through a whole lot and, you know, that hostel on Curry Mile with the burgundy freaking bread spread spread that's like burned into my brain. Um, That's a tongue twister. Uh, It's those moments where we have experiences where we are very connected into our intuition. And we had an inner knowing that did not make sense, that was not logical, that we could not argue or justify anymore. So I had to like the only option I had was to be like, okay, fine, I'm going to agree to that because I can't, I can't fight, like argue or justify that we should stay. And yet, as soon as I let that go, as soon as I let the need to stay go, that's when I got the job offer. And then we went down to down to London and stayed with some friends for a while. And then we came back up because I couldn't start the job for a month or so. I don't remember exactly. And then we came back to Manchester and got an awesome apartment in the Northern Quarter and lived happily ever after for four years before coming back to New Zealand and having babies. Um, There's much more to that story, clearly. But that was, those are two examples where, like, I can tell looking back, I had a lot of signs from my body to not go do my IT degree and why that just felt really bad. And then secondly, when we went to the UK and it all felt so aligned and I was like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm supposed to be here. And I know that you have those examples in your life as well. So hopefully just by listening to this, I don't want to give you any homework. You can go do homework if you want to. If you want guidance, if you want some like, okay, I want to tap into this, like follow your intuition. I'll give you some examples because that's really mean when you're like, I'm just learning and I don't know how. And I, that is the last thing I want to do because I have, I have been in that place and I've been so frustrated being like, I am trying and I just am not clear yet. So What has probably happened listening to this training is that as I've talked about childhood, as I've talked about when we've had our periods, when I've talked about leaving high school or college, when I've talked about those other bigger moments in your life, maybe it's when you met your husband, maybe it's when you got married and now you're not married anymore. Maybe, I don't even know, maybe it's when you've moved cities, maybe um, it's when someone really close to you has passed away and there's like, there are these moments in our lives where we have had these experiences. First of all, it might be to that we've shut down, denied, been told that our intuition's wrong. It could also be when we made a decision in our adult or learning to be an adult self and it felt really yucky and it was a no and we kind of quote unquote made the wrong decision. But like our journey's our journey. This is all interwoven and we are where we are. We can only start where we are and go forward. So I really, again, want you to do your best to drop the blame, the shame, I wish I'd known this earlier. Of course you're going to wish you'd do this earlier. But we just have to move forward from where we are and take the lessons. So look at those points in your life. Um, they probably will have come to you. That's what I was trying to say. As you've listened to this, they probably have come to you. And as I've talked about different points of time, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when I did this. So do... Um, Do acknowledge those, ponder them, think about them, journal on them if you want to, come back and listen to this again and with a pen and paper and allow allow the experience of connecting into this training, connecting into me, talking about this topic to open you up to those things that have happened in your life. You don't have to like sit down and try to remember, open yourself up 
to remembering. Like just create the space for, okay, I'm going to listen to this training. I've got my pen and paper here. I'm just going to let it sink in. And you will probably have experiences come to you. If you don't, that's totally fine too. Another way that this can integrate is that you will have listened to it and then you'll go about your day and then at some random time at three in the morning or while you're in the shower or while you're shouting at your three-year-old to stop annoying his sister again or to sit down while he's eating or whatever it is, um, you might have something come to you then and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's what Karen was talking about and I'd totally forgotten about that and da 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 Okay, so you don't have to try and remember every single little event that happened. We are raising awareness just by you listening to this. You're going to be, you know, thinking about things differently. A layer has been removed. Those rose tinted glasses are not so rosy and you're going to see things differently with a new perspective. And so just a like I said, you don't have to do homework. There's nothing really to do. In day three, I'm going to talk more about this process. But ultimately, just ponder the things that have come to you and otherwise go about your life. <laughs> go about your day. Come join me tomorrow. Um, and when things pop up, it might not be this week. It might be next week. Who knows when? Just, you know, let things integrate and process. Then it's going to sink in and you'll have these things come up and that will give you these little keys to your intuition to be like, oh, that's what it feels like because I remember when it felt like that before. Oh, that's what it feels like when I'm not doing something aligned because I remember how that felt before. And I kind of feel a little bit of that now when it comes to this part of my life. So, ooh, I don't want it to get you know, as bad as it did last time, I wonder if I can shift something. And you'll just start thinking about it. You don't have to force anything. If you feel like you're forcing something, stop and come back to these trainings because we're going to talk more about it over the next two days. Okay, we are at an hour. That has been stop looking for answers outside of yourself. Um, I haven't even touched on in business looking outside of yourself when it comes to coaches or programs or websites or any of these other tools, but I did do a live stream on that in the Facebook group here the other week, um, all about when I deleted my website and my Facebook page and all those things. So I will link that here. Um, but if you want to learn more about this concept from a business point of view, then go and have a listen. Go and have a listen to that training. And then the last thing I wanted to mention before we go today, which I almost forgot, is my new group program that is starting on the full moon on the 23rd of August called the Intuitive Self Leader Circle. Now, this is a women's circle support group, group mentorship type space for women who are leading themselves, who are working on connecting into their intuition and completely like aligning their whole life where you're leading probably every freaking where else. And this space, this circle is for you to stop <laughs> and to be held and to rest and to process and integrate all of the stuff that you're going through in your journey. So for example, what would happen in that circle after you've watched a training like this is you'd come in there and you'd be like, it's going to be a voice messaging group because I love voice messaging. It fits in around our lives as mums, our lives probably just as people. Um, and it also works across time zones so well. 
Um, so it's a voice messaging group. It's going to start on August 23rd with the full moon. And this first container is going to go for a month. But I have some ideas and plans for after. Um, and the example is you'd go through a training like this and then you'd come in and you'd voice message and be like, oh, I learned about this and it brought up this time when I was leaving school and this happened and blah, 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 blah. And it's a way for you to raise your awareness more, to speak your truth, to speak your experience, to be witness, to be able to reflect in a space that is very just safe and held and take up as much space as you want, show up as you are, um, share all of the mess <laughs> and all of the aha moments and all of the magic realizations and all of the successes and celebrations. And it's a group of probably around eight other women with me to support each other for a month through doing this work that you're probably doing anyway, but to get access to my mentorship. Um, already we've touched on cyclical living. I know I've talked about human design today already because I always go back to those two. So if you're really interested in learning more and integrating more about those, then this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about that as well. Um, but ultimately, it is a soft safe space for you to come and for you to share your experience, share what's coming up for you and a space to be held so you can process and integrate. Um, I don't even want to say things like more or faster because that'll probably happen because when we're supported and when we as women come together, we do magical things. Um, but it's really more about allowing yourself the support and the experience because you probably don't have a space in your life right now where you can come together with women who are also on this journey, also doing this work, also learning about all sorts of um, kind of random weird things, right? Moon cycles and feminine and masculine energies and goodness knows what else, um, who are unpacking and healing and pursuing these impossible, amazing, magical lives and really committing to this new paradigm. I am beyond excited for the women who are going to join me. I have been desiring a space like this for myself for a year or more now, and I'm really excited to create it and to host it and to hold the space for everybody. So if you're interested in that, it's 111 US dollars. That's it <laughs> for the whole month. Um, and it's, it's voice messaging, so it's pretty much like, a 24-7 access to the group um, and I'll be in there sharing my experiences too. I'm really excited for you to get a behind the scenes look of like these are the aha moments that I'm going through. This is the stuff that I'm uncovering and this is how I process and integrate um, to really show and lead you as well. So if you're interested, drop me a message. Um, I'd love to chat more, answer any questions. Um, that you have. Okay, I will see you tomorrow for day two when we are talking all about how you can leverage your menstrual cycle or your moon cycle if you're not bleeding um, to tap into your intuition and then start to make changes in a flow ease way, not forcing anything. So I look forward to seeing you there. Have a fantastic day.